1: Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamura. I am Raphael.
2: And I'm Michael.
1: The purpose for our show is to awaken souls, develop intuition, fulfill purpose, and so, so much more. Today we have a most important topic, especially in our current world situation. The topic is Relationship Miracles. There's been a lot of attention on maintaining quote-unquote social distancing in in an attempt to limit and end the current global pandemic, and it's a very good idea. That's definitely in the realm of relationships and how we relate with one another in the world. We also know that the better health we maintain the greater our immunity will be in relationship to this dreaded COVID-19 virus or any other virus or contagion. How we relate to ourselves is at the foundation of wellness on all levels. What isn't discussed much is about how this particular pandemic has come to be, other than that it is caused by a specific virus, that it has been spread between people, and the various scientific, political, and social aspects of how all that may have happened. Yet, in so many ways, both personally and globally, isn't what weakens our health and immune system the divisiveness and increasing polarization between all of us as human beings? United we stand, divided we fall. Variations of that expression of the source of power as unity has been offered by everyone from Aesop to Jesus to Patrick Henry, Abraham Lincoln, and Winston Churchill. And of course, all healing is restoring ourselves to the undivided, limitless, and eternal wholeness of spirit. Our current global challenge requires each of us to look deeply within ourselves to forgive the guilt, blame, and judgments we unconsciously carry that divides and weakens us individually as well as a global community. As devastating as the pandemic may be all by itself, it is just the straw that is threatening to break our societal camel's back. It is the tiny tip of the proverbial iceberg of global problems that traditional means have not been able to solve. Yes, we definitely need a miracle. Better yet, we need a lot of miracles. A miracle, of course, is that unexpected and surprising solution to a challenging situation in life. Most people don't look to a miracle to help solve even a major problem because they feel that miracles, since they can't be controlled by any of us, are not reliable. Most people are afraid to relinquish their personal control to miracles, since there seems to be no tangible signed contract guaranteeing them. Some may believe that those who pray for a miracle are inept and are passively waiting for others who are stronger and more capable to deal with the problem. Yet, looking to miracles isn't an either-or proposition. We need to look to miracles from spirit as we take the physical steps that we are able to take in the world. The miracle is that piece of the whole puzzle that establishes our spirit creativity in this world. It's the X factor that makes the hard-working singer rise to a whole new level of performance. The miracle doesn't make a singer out of someone who isn't committed to learning to sing well. Praying for a miracle to a major problem isn't a sign of passivity and inaction. It is a highly creative act on the highest level to set the course toward the solution or goal in healing. And having a miracle is always dependent on how we relate to spirit, to ourselves, and to one another.
2: So we can really say that all miracles are, in essence, relationship miracles. It's true. Of course, many people may first think of a relationship miracle as a miracle that happens in a particular relationship or even happens in order to bring about a particular relationship together. For example, are some relationships meant to be or (laughs) even Inescapable. (laughs) think so. (laughs) The relationship is coming. Okay. (laughs) I met another teacher and fellow multiple near-death experiencer at a conference of which we both were speakers some years ago. And she related to me the story of how she met her husband that she was destined to marry. During one of her near-death experiences, while she was out of her body and out of time, she experienced living a whole year of her life that, at that time, she had not yet lived. That experience wasn't just any general overview of a year in her life. She experienced every moment of every day, way more than most of us would actually experience in our everyday life. You know, if if you think about, okay, what were you doing at breakfast and what did you eat and what was your entire experience? You'd be hard-pressed to remember all the details, right? And what thoughts were going through your mind uh, at any given moment and who said what and all of that. But no, she had all of that totally clearly. And when she... Uh, uh, experienced all of that, you know, a whole year of living. Being at a time when she returned to her body in this world, huh, she discovered only a few seconds had passed here in this world. One of the vivid and detailed experiences of that year in her yet-to-be-lived life, she ran into her husband-to-be in a bookstore. In that experience, a mere three weeks later, she was married to this man. Now, this was in her uh, experience. First. Yeah, in the in the living out a year in her future. That at the time when she came back, she didn't know that was her future to be. That was it, to her. It was like you know when you wake up from a dream and you go, "Wow, that was quite an elaborate dream." And and um, that's that's all it is. It's just a dream. But once she returned to this world of time and space. And at a certain point, that very same year of her life began here, in this world, in this time and space, and she started to recall the whole thing. That's when she knew, oh my God, that wasn't just a dream, a very incredibly realistic, vivid dream. No, she had lived while she was in spirit out of her body An entire life, moment by moment, that was yet to happen. And then, at the point where, you know, what she experienced started, she realized, "Uh (laughs) uh-oh, it's starting. And at first, in trying to test her theory of free will versus destiny, she deliberately tried to change the course of her life she found that she can succeed in making different choices than what she had experienced in her out of body state you know during that year like simple things like you know she's driving down the street and she knows in the other life that she's already experienced she went straight but she made herself turn left at the intersection just to see if she could and she found out yep no problem she was able to turn left and then she went a whole different direction than what she had already lived. So she goes, ah, okay, so free will. You know, I have free will. I can do whatever. It, that was just a like a dream, and, and I don't have to follow through on it, and it's not going to be that way as long as I make different decisions. Well, <laughs> you can't maintain being perfectly aware and conscious every moment of every, you know, part of the day. So once she proved herself that she had free will and she could make a different decision than what she's already lived, she forgot about things. And next thing she realizes she's going down the same road in a, you know, she made a slight detour, but she ends up in the same road, going in the same way, thinking the same thoughts, and doing exactly the same things as she did already in her out of body so-called future state. So the effect lasted only a very short time. Very short time. <clears throat> and it, uh, it only lasted <laughs> as long as she deliberately and willfully, consciously made it different. And then when she forgot about it, it just naturally went, went back to what it needed to be. So what she also discovered in doing this several times, many times, was that whenever she deliberately and with considerable effort changed her decision from what she's already lived she found herself inevitably back on the same track and one of the things that she knew you know from that already li- uh, lived one year of her future was to meet the man she married in her future life scenario so she tried saying different things to the man once She ended up in that same bookstore, running into the same man, (laughs) and she knew what she had already said and how the conversation went in the last one, so she wanted to change that. So she started deliberately saying different things, answering his questions differently. And she thought, okay, she can still do that. Yet, inevitably, she found herself getting married to him three weeks later. After she met him. In that bookstore. (laughs) And they're still happily married to this day.
1: (laughs) I think it would be appropriate to actually uh, tell our audience who this person is. Because she has a lot of books out. PMH Atwater is her name. And um, she has amazing books. If you ever want to check into this.
2: So very interesting, isn't it? And, And she's one of. Many people who've had various. She's one of the ones that's, you know, to live a whole year. That's that's quite something, and remember every moment of it. But uh, there's been many, many people who have lived, you know, smaller segments of of a life, and then when that segment starts to show up in in their <coughs> everyday life, they go, "Whoa, been here, done this. Oh yeah." That's called a deja vu. When it happens in a small uh, increment, it's called deja vu. And I'm sure most of you listening have had deja vus in your life. Been there, done that. Whoa, double take. Okay. Well, I consider her whole experience a miracle. But the part about meeting her husband-to-be and then getting married would probably qualify as a miracle by itself as well we do set up our lives prior to our incarnation. And just like she discovered, we each have free will so we can change our mind at any given point about anything. Yet, just as she discovered also, it may be the best course of action for us to fulfill the purpose for which we incarnate. After all, in our pre-birth Pre incarnation, uh, quote, time, we do consult with numerous great beings of awareness, love, and wisdom to plan out our lifetime in detail. So, following through with our well laid plan usually produces the best case scenario for us. Speaking of that kind of relationship miracle, I know Raphael had a little glimpse of her future husband when she was, what, about eight years old? Mm-hmm. And I'll let her tell you a little bit about that relationship miracle story.
1: Yes, indeed. I came from a family that was um, in the military, so we moved a lot and we were traveling. Uh, From Alaska, or to Alaska, I can't even remember anymore, I think it was to Alaska, and our family stopped at uh, Mount Rushmore. I think I might have told this story in another uh, show, but it's so appropriate for this one. And as we were visiting Mount Rushmore, there was a a place, I don't know if it's still there because I've never been back, there was this beautiful paved road that was filled with the mica, which is a type of mineral, and it sparkled and for an eight-year-old it was very glamorous. <laughs> and along that avenue, on either side, were flags from countries from all over the all over the world. And I do remember stopping in front of the flag of Japan and feeling that it was so familiar, so familiar. And looking up at it and I saw the vision of a little chubby Japanese (laughs) kid. And I knew that I would someday be meeting that child. And interestingly enough, uh, not only meeting him, but he would have great meaning in my life. And of course, the course of my life was I ended up marrying two other guys, (laughs) not at the same time, (laughs) not at the same time, in the years before meeting Michael, um, and did I recognize Michael at first uh, as that pers- as that child? No. But later on seeing childhood photos of him, once we were together, I found out, indeed, he was that little child I had envisioned. And there were so many more things, too. Our family almost ended up living right in Japan where Michael lived. And apparently, there was a timeline when we actually did um, end up together in school. To, as little children, but this light in this timeline, it did not happen, so I was given a hint of him. So, um, that was a really, really uh, important thing to me as far as, um, you know, my future relationship. And mm-hmm. also, uh, the story of PMH Atwater brings to mind something that I learned in A Course in Miracles, which is the idea that we're actually reviewing all the lifetimes we ever had all at the same time. And so her little click into the future was actually a review. She had the capability, a very strong soul capability that most of us don't have, to be able to bring that
2: back into present time and remember it. Yes, because when we make our plans, we we call it making our plans for uh, upcoming Uh, incarnation but uh, uh, we'll get to that after our little break here
1: yes we're at our first break and we wanted to let you know that we'll be giving the next teleclass in our ongoing teleclass series you might be more psychic than you think on saturday april 25th from 10 a.m to 12 p.m pacific time the upcoming class will be on your claire audience knock knock who's there We'll cover your psychic ability to hear your angels, spirit guides and spirit friends on the other side. You'll learn s- simple but powerful psychic tools to help you expand your range of communication to include those who are not in physical form. You can find out all the details on our website which is michaeltamura.com and call our office at 15309262650. To sign up during normal business hours, specific time, Monday to Friday. We'll return in a couple of minutes and we'll continue with Relationship Miracles. Be right back. Music
2: become our friend on facebook post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline visit facebook.com forward slash voice america
0: are you ready to face changes in your life for many that answer might be no not yet or never whether positive or negative moving forward or stepping back change is the one important constant in our life learn how to deal with change on a new you with host liz tupling The show will help you move through personal transformation by providing a GPS, if you will, to guide you on the journey to your better self. Listen live Fridays at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 7 a.m. Pacific, on Voice America Empowerment. Put something special into your weekend. Listen to Living Your Limitless Life with host Carol DeShane, the founder of connect to joy You
2: can transform your life with new ways of looking at joy, peace, and peace. Freedom and prosperity, as well as guided meditations and visualizations. It's time
0: to break free from your limitations and create the best vision of your life. What better time than the weekend or right now on demand? Living your limitless life
2: can be heard Sundays at 9 a.m. Pacific time and noon Eastern time on Voice America Empowerment. Are you aware that each one of us was born with a mission, a sense of purpose? Even if you don't know it yet, it will reveal itself. Pay attention to the clues that will lead you to uncover your mission. Listen to Mission Possible Program with host Carol Ann Fernandez. Along with some amazing guests, Carol Ann seeks to help you along the journey to manifest your mission. It's time to unleash your greater potential. Mission Possible Program airs live every Thursday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Empowerment.
0: It's your world
1: Motivate Change Succeed VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com
0: You are listening to Living the Miracle Michael and Raphael would love to hear from you Reach the show today by calling 1-888-346-9141. Again, that's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to livingthemiracleradio at gmail.com. Now back to Living the Miracle.
1: Well, it's great to have you back. Let's continue with our exploration of relationship miracles. And
2: Michael was talking about pre-birth planning. Yes. You know, that in itself, when you you become aware of spirit on that level of, oh, yeah, you know, I've been here, done this before, all of it. (laughs) And a lot of people have a hard time seeing that because in spirit, there is no time. Which means there's no sequence of events. There's there's not one thing happens before another thing and another thing happens because the other thing happened. No, it's all at once. In timelessness, in eternity, there's no time, there's no sequence, there's no beginnings and endings. Huh. So but when we incarnate here in this third dimension, in a body, now our communication verbal communication at least has to become one word after another right we speak in sentences and we have to put it in the right order or people don't understand us that's that's a challenge to spirit that communicates instantly everything at once and experiences everything instantly at once coming into a incarnation we have to learn this experience that seems like one thing happens after another a linear sequence and so we have this when we're born the only way we can talk about it in retrospect is oh when I was in spirit before I was born I made a plan for this lifetime and that's from our thinking in time and space but in reality Everything's experienced all all together. And what Raphael was starting to mention earlier was, oh, we look at this in, in retrospect. It's like a review, life review. We're doing it right here. When we're in our incarnation, we're reviewing our life just like our friend did and going, okay, I can do something different. Or I can do it the way it is and fulfill all of it and be done with it. And so that's what we do. We're here to fulfill our lives and the lessons we learn and and the plan we make for what are we going to put ourselves through in this lifetime experientially so that we can learn these lessons. And most all the lessons end up to be one of letting go, of what we thought was true, what we thought was real, what we thought was solid, but and and got hung up on. And we realize, oh, we don't have to. That's waking up from a dream. We, we can wake up from the dream and go, oh, that was just a dream. I don't have to worry about it anymore. I, I don't have to solve it. I just have to let it go and be right here. And then we start to have the experience of eternity, of limitlessness, as we are living right here, right now. And that's what a miracle is. The miracle always comes from timelessness. That's why it doesn't, when a miracle happens, it's always a surprise for us when we're experiencing living in time. It's out of order. <laughs> a miracle is always out of order. Or it seems to be. It doesn't make sense. In the logical sequence of events, this other thing was supposed to happen according to the you know history, according to our patterns and, and what we're used to. But when a miracle happens, all bets are off. Boom. Something completely different happens. Unexpected. Well, another kind of Relationship miracle would be a miracle you experience in a particular relationship. That's the kind I experience more than probably any other kind of miracles. Because in our now going on 33 year relationship, I've probably forgotten more miracles than I remember. That's because miracles have been almost a daily experience for us. In fact it's a bit difficult to categorize which experiences are miracles and which aren't. And, you know, fortunately we don't have to do that. (laughs) But I do know that so many of the miracles that we've experienced both together when we are in the same place at the same time, as well as those we've had when we each, you know, each of us are alone, by ourselves in a different place, different whatever. Apart from one another. Yes. And the result of the relationship that we have with one another all these years, these are uh, relationship miracles. The miracles come about because of the kind of relationship Raphael and I have. It's part of what Jesus is quoted as saying in the New Testament. Again, truly, I tell you, that if two of you on earth agree about anything they ask for, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three gather in my name, there am I with them. Even though in many personal things, Raphael and I may prefer different things, like she likes chocolate, I like vanilla, <laughs> I like natto, Some of you might not know what that is. It's a Japanese delicacy, (laughs) Uh, which Raphael might think of it as rotten soybeans, but (laughs) she won't even get close to it. She goes, if you're going to eat that stuff, don't, you know, go away. (laughs) Go up when. (laughs) Yeah, go up when I don't want to smell it or anything. Uh, So we have fun with our differences. In fact, one of the things that make us a good team is that there are a lot of things Raphael likes to do or doesn't mind doing that I don't like to do and would rather not do it. So we have this great division of labor between us. She does <laughs> she does all the hard things and I do all the easy things. <laughs> we have a great relationship. But what really makes it work is that in the most important things in life, that which has to do with purpose, the purpose for which we're here, we're in complete agreement, and whether we are physically together in one place or not, our agreement and communication helps bring about the miracles of spirit, wherever we are, whenever we need it. So we both are part of, or at least witnesses to countless miracles of healing, especially almost on a daily basis. Often we face what at first seems an impossible situation. Like, we need a substantial amount of money immediately to take care of a totally unexpected situation. And somehow, miraculously, that exact amount of money appears to us. That's happened more than a few times. Or, we need the time that we don't have to get something important done, meet a deadline, and... Either we end up miraculously having enough time, or the thing gets done when there was no way it could have been done in that amount of time. And we have all kinds of other types of miracles that happen between us. But uh, Raphael probably has a good relationship miracle story.
1: Well, there's there's a number of them. Um, I wanted to bring one up that actually uh, isn't about my relationship with Michael, but it is It is about our relationship with each other. And that is, um, you know, I'm, I'm going to bring it back to our challenging times right now while the COVID-19 virus is uh, really rampant on the planet right now, and people are catching it, and people you know are catching it, and so on. And I had the uh, honor and experience recently uh, at the beginning of March to be able to sit with one of my brothers as he passed over, and it wasn't from the virus but um, I got to see a lot of my family members, and that was very miraculous because many oh, of yeah. us had not seen us for seen each other for over ten years. And then I came home, and was working. You know, we all go through what's called a growth period when somebody passes over, and then suddenly, uh, about three weeks later or two weeks later, I get the news that one of my brothers in the hot spot. Up in uh, the Detroit area was actually in the hospital with the virus and of course my comment to Michael was you know I'm not really in the mood to lose an- another brother and he took me up on that and said let's get a group together we have this wonderful advanced uh, healing group and readers etc we've worked with uh, many years and uh, we put out the word to them they were going to give my brother a healing and 36 people showed up at, on that phone call. Yeah, uh, we, within
2: about two, two hours.
1: Yeah, really. And and we only had like about less than, just a little more than 24 hours to put this whole thing together. And it was a type of uh, prayer healing and energy healing that we did. And um, within the two-day period afterwards, he got better and better. And um, he should be getting out of the hospital soon. So, to me, that was a miracle because oh, he's, yeah. he's in that um, uh, category of, uh, you know, immune problems and diabetes and this sort of thing. And um, these kind of people often die from the COVID di- uh, virus. Mm-hmm. So, your prayers matter and your energy work for you energy workers out there matter. And Michael has also been working with our, this same group. To give a world healing and we're hoping uh, along with all the other groups around the world that are doing the same thing that we can help quell this thing and and calm it down. But um, that's one of the miracle things I wanted to talk about. But uh, bringing it back to personal relationships, I always found that phase when you're getting together with someone, the falling in love phase opens us up to that other person, or to another person, in a way that we don't usually open up to people. And I found even before I got together with Michael, when I when I was attracted to someone and was falling for them or whatever, my telepathy with that person was a lot better, and and um, I was able to have better communication with them, and our. Uh, Let's say our emotional levels were always kind of tuned into each other. So I got lots of practice before I met Michael, and with him, it was the most intense I had ever, ever experienced. When we got together, there were no cell phones. So That's right. <laughs> so when and we lived in two different cities. So if we were trying to get together and one of us was running late, if you wanted to actually tell that person, you had to get off the freeway, Find a phone booth. pay phone. You, some <laughs> of you that? young people might not even know what that is. You had to find a pay phone and say, honey, I'm running late. But I never wanted to do that. So I started practicing with my telepathy and Michael, too. And I would just send him, hi, Michael, I'm running late. I hope you can get my message. And he always, always did. And fortunately for us, that aspect of our relationship, even after the really strong, long falling in love phase uh, was over and we became uh, a steady couple, if you will, that still happens. And we don't have to use our cell phones in our cars now to dangerously call each other to say, I'm
2: running late. Uh, This is teletexting? (laughs) (laughs) Telepathic texting, yes. (laughs) Yeah,
1: And then... um, you know, another experience I had was in relationship to Michael's mother the night before oh, yeah. the night she died. Um, we had just moved away from from his mother and father's area, from Sacramento area to Colorado back then, about twenty days, I think. And I had a guest over. Michael was off in l a. And when, when the evening came, I started speaking to my guest. It was a lady friend of mine. And um, I started talking to her. We were we were just having girl chat. And all of a sudden, I could not stop talking about Michael's mom. And I talked her ear off about all the wonderful things. Michael's, Michael had an extraordinary mother with so much talent and so much love. And I just was really honored to have her for a mother-in-law. How lucky was I? And I went on and on and on to the point where two hours later, my friend said, okay, I'm going to bed. (laughs) She went to bed, and I still wanted to talk about her. And the next morning when I got up, the first thing I wanted to do was put on an outfit that she really liked on me, Michael's mom. And then I got the phone call that she had passed away in the Mm -hmm. night. So I think she was with me. And that relationship, instead of being sad for me, it was a very joyous feeling. Of course, it was sad to lose her because I absolutely adored her. But
2: that's the, the, um, the miracle of a loving relationship. Yes. And when she died, you know, she came to me right away. Before, as I was getting the phone call from Raphael uh, in a hotel room, I was, you know, teaching and doing all kinds of traveling. And and um, the phone call, phone ringing, was what was brought, bringing me back to my body that was sleeping. And until then, I was teaching in spirit, uh, a class. And so as I was coming back, being called back into my body by this uh, urgent phone call, my mother and my uh, past, uh, uh, one of my favorite cousins who had passed away at that point about 35 years before then, they're both standing by the foot of the bed, the hotel bed, and I'm coming back in into my body and they're joyous celebrating. And I go, Hi, hey, hey, nice to see you. Because again, out of the body in spirit, there's no concept of death. It's not like, Oh, there's my dead cousin. <laughs> no, she's alive and well and and you know, there's my mother alive and well. Then I hang, you know, find out it's the phone call, wake up and Raphael tells me. So, I got to have a a little communication with my mother before she took off. And that was
1: a miracle. Our second break is upon us, and with everything going on in the world today, we wanted to offer you even more inspiration and guidance for these times. So we've created a very special four-part teleseminar event for the weekend of Saturday, May 2nd, and Sunday, May 3rd, in lieu of our ordinary in-person seminar weekend in Los Angeles. Since we're not living in ordinary times, we want to make it extraordinary for more people our theme for the weekend is joyously celebrating life amidst personal and global challenges for the greatest benefit we invite you to join us for all four teleclasses each one will support the others but if you can't join us for all four of them you are free to pick and choose to join us for any or any combination of them each teleclass will be complete on its own as well And you can purchase all of them afterwards if you can't attend any of them. Our lineup for the weekend will be Saturday, May 2nd, 10 to 12 p.m. Look at the solution. Stop staring at the problem. Psychic tools to access your inner spirit and creative power. And Sunday, May 2, 1 to 3 p.m., your psychic crash cart for happiness in challenging times. For details to sign up, go online to michaeldemora.com. Oh, excuse me. I forgot the the Sunday. The the first two I mentioned were on Saturday, Saturday. So I made a mistake there. So Sunday, May 3, 10 to 12, what to do when you don't know what to do, psychic tools to help you be yourself. And Sunday, May 3rd, 1 to 3 p.m., Karmic Relief, Spiritual Practices to Free Yourself from Guilt and Blame. For details and to sign up, go online to michaeltamora.com or call our office at 530-926-2650 and speak with our lovely assistant, Noelle, during normal business hour-specific time, Monday to Friday. When we return, we'll continue our exploration of Relationship Miracles. See you in a couple minutes.
2: Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7.
0: Exploring the Enneagram with Dr. E is an amazing way to help you be you. Join host Dr. Deborah Egerton as she helps you to see how exploring the Enneagram helps you understand why you do the things you do. Understanding yourself can strengthen relationships, offer new perspectives, and help you live the life you were intended to live. You'll look at different aspects of your life in a whole new light. Exploring the Enneagram with Dr. E is broadcast live every Thursday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. The White House doctor makes house calls. Our thoughts and feelings not only affect our own lives, but the lives of everyone around us. Find new meanings of love, authentic expressions, and better connections with the people in your life. Tune in to Love Light with Dr. Jean-Marie Farish. This program will feature guests and discuss ideas that will bring a better life to you. When you find this perspective on love, it will change everything. Listen live every Friday at 12 noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to Living the Miracle. Michael and Raphael would love to hear from you. Reach the show today by calling 1-888-346-9141. Again, that's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to livingthemiracleradio at gmail.com. Now back to Living the Miracle. Welcome
1: back. We've been talking about relationship miracles. Well, as we said earlier, we are living in Quite an extraordinary time in which our relationships are all being uh, experienced in a much more intense way. And I'll give an example. One is that I noticed over all media that I've been looking at that our relationships with our nurses and doctors and all the people that supply us with the things that we need are being appreciated a lot more. And I think appreciation is a very, very important part of being able to bring your energy up in relationships. I saw this happen years ago when people started to appreciate soldiers more and the service they're giving. So, Michael, what can you do, what can a person do to foster a relationship in which more miracles happen. I talked about appreciation. What more do you have?
2: (laughs) Well, you know, I'm, I'm sure many of you, some of you listening to this show, either are looking for more of a life partnership type relationship or you have one and you'd like to see, you know, how do you, how do you, bring about a relationship so that so that these miracles these miracles are anything that's out of time directly from spirit that brightens up everything it's it's joyful every miracle even in the toughest of times when a miracle happens there's there's that spark there's that smile there's that laughter Connection. celebration yes it's it happens because of the connection you have with spirit with the limitless the eternal and and that's really the source of all creativity all joy the the good things in life that everybody is really seeking so how do you how do you have that in any relationship it doesn't have to be just a romantic type relationship, but it it could be business relationship, family relationship, friendships, everything, neighborly relationships. But of course, the most, the closest, most personal, most, you know, uh, consistent long-term type of relationship, you can foster it the most. And what it is, is I like to look at it as the same as, you know, I was noticing that when musicians come together, whether it's a, a duet, you know, uh, two people coming together to perform a song, to to play a song, or an entire, you know, philharmonic uh, orchestra of over a hundred people coming together with various instruments to play music, and sometimes you have a choir to go with that orchestra. Lots of people. You can have, you know, a couple three hundred people involved. So regardless of how many people in that relationship, what makes the music so incredible? We've all heard performances that were, okay, let me, you know, let me run out of here. <laughs> but your ear plugs in. Uh, it's, it's painful. To sublime. Wow. It's just practically everything disappears. You don't really see the musicians anymore all you experience is the music the music fills the hall and what's the difference well i realized when musicians come together whether it's a duet or a whole orchestra when they come together sure every single you know everyone's human we all have our problems we all have our hang-ups we all have you know idiosyncrasies and everything that some of us don't like about each other and so forth and so on. But when they come together as musicians, what happens when that magic happens? It's really like a miracle. This You get transported to a completely a spirit realm because the music is so incredible. What makes that happen is each musician, when they step on and pick up their uh, instrument or whatever, they realize, regardless of what they feel about each other or anything about the world, everything goes away, if they're good. They set everything else aside for the purpose of playing that song, playing that particular piece. So, see, the relationship between the musicians ceases to be that of me, 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 and this is what I want. I want this and I want that and you're not giving that to me and that kind of stuff. The criticisms. Yeah. And the competition. Hey, you know, especially in classical music, there's so much competition except when they get on that stage and they start to perform the real performance. Together. 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 All of a sudden, that competition that even right before the second chair was, you know, thinking of assassinating the first chair (laughs) to get that position. That type of fierce competition does exist in some musical circles. But when they're on that stage to perform that particular piece, that goes away. They might... Pick it up on the way out off of the stage and get into a you know bickering fight and everything else. But no, while they're playing the music, it goes away. What makes it do that? Yeah, they set aside me, 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 me. They they have to set aside their ego and all the ego chatter that says. No, me first, and I'm better, and, and I gotta be outperformed the other person. No, no, no. All that stuff has to go, or else they can't play at that supreme level. And that's what makes that music so beautiful. And now, also, I've seen people get disgr- or disgruntled because here, this again, whether it's a duet or a whole symphony orchestra, <coughs> perform this miraculous, beautiful, moving, inspiring music, and they go and meet the, the performer, a particular performer, and the performer is just mean and <laughs> nasty, cruel, whatever, abusive, you know, not a happy uh, camper. Whoa, how could music like this come out of a person like that? Well, when they're playing they set aside the me, me, me that makes things ugly, that makes things difficult. And that's the probably the single most important thing I've seen in relationships that bring about miracles. And why one relationship brings about more miracles and the other relationship doesn't is the people involved in that relationship are able to set aside the me, 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 that, you know, we all have that. But we set aside, well, other than the music, what what does the music represent amongst musicians? That's the purpose for which they're together. The unifying force. Yep, the purpose. So it doesn't matter if it's a romantic relationship or a business relationship or a family relationship or whatever it is. Friendship. Friendship. What's the purpose for which you are having that relationship. And when each person in the relationship is able to set aside their ego demands, and set aside means, doesn't mean you don't hear it or feel it sometimes, but you're going, no, I don't have to cater to that ego, yak, 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 right? I'm setting that aside because I'm here to play the music. I'm here to fulfill our purpose for being here. And the purpose for which we are together, ah, and that is what makes a relationship a beautiful relationship. Those of you who are looking at, you know, how do I make my relationship with this person, that person, whatever type of relationship it is, much more peaceful, much more joyous, much more fulfilling? That's the key. The same key that brings about miracles. In relationship, and when you have miracles in relationship, that relationship is bound to be much more joyous, much more peaceful, much more fulfilling, huh? and a lot of fun. <laughs> and so, so then, my purpose for being in a relationship with any person, every time we come together, when we're communicating, working together, being together. Oh, it's not about me. It's about the purpose. And what brings two people together? Yes, it could be we're going to play the same music or we're going to do the same work or we're you know business partners or whatever the case might be. That's on the outside. But on the inside, what brings two souls together is, oh, love, isn't it? And when we have that love between us, that's when things get dicey after a while because we've become often, oh, do you love me? And me, I want to be loved and I want you to be this way and na na no, na like that. And no, that's not what it's about, is it? We have to be able to set that aside and go, ah, oh, the purpose here. Is all that other stuff, all that ego stuff that comes up in our minds and we feel it and think it, are we able to be senior to that? Are we able to go, oh, that's nothing. It's fluff. It's nothing. Let's put it away. Let's set it aside. We got more important thing to do here. We're going to play the music.
1: So yes, appreciation and purpose are two of the most important parts of being aware that you can create miracles in a relationship if you pr- practice them. And you get, you are able to let each other be who they are. Exactly. And um, again, I'm going to bring up a course in miracles because I like what they teach about relationships. Is if we're getting upset with that other person. We're just projecting onto them our own unconscious guilt. So, with that in mind, be nice, set aside your ego, appreciate, and off you go. Well, Once again, we've reached the end of our show. We're so grateful that you chose to join us today. We welcome you to tune in again next Wednesday for... Money miracles. Yes, who doesn't need a miracle with their finances from time to time, especially now? (laughs) Remember to check our website for details or call our office about our upcoming teleclass on Saturday, April 25th at 10 a.m. Pacific Time. Your clear audience. Knock, knock. Who's there? And our special four-part teleclass weekend on May 2nd and 3rd uh, with the overall title of Joyously Celebrating Life Amidst Personal and Global Challenges. That will be a really great uh, series and you can do it right from home. Until then, be inspired, use your imagination and follow your intuition joyfully. This is Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamura signing
0: off. We shall see you next week.